0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It is Wednesday, February 15th. The gang is all here and we're ready to go. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It is six minutes after 10. And let's go back to the year 1996, December 26, to be exact. And that's when we found out that little six-year-old Jean Benet Ramsey had been killed in the basement of her home. Believe it or not, 26 years later, 26 years, yes, there's still an active investigation going on surrounding this murder case.
1: Is this the most famous unsolved case in American history,
0: mm. I mean, I don't. Uh, is well, it, there's DB Cooper. Well, I was
1: just gonna say, where it, it does would the John Bonet case surpass DB Cooper? And now I say American history. Obviously, like Jack the Ripper, maybe the most you know of all time mm-hmm. unsolved crimes, but obviously that was not Amer- America. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
0: I, the, it's got. they're be, diff- different cases, right? Okay, so one's uh, murder and one is theft. So. As far as murder goes, perhaps.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and it is really incredible that you would say, okay, look, unlike D.B. Cooper, who in the 1970s, it was harder to track who people were, where they came from, it was easier to get on an airplane, all these sort of things, mm-hmm. hijacks an airplane and then jumps into the sky mm-hmm. and very likely perished in, in the jump. Maybe he didn't. Who knows? Part of the intrigue. But this was you know, late 20th century stuff mm-hmm. in which DNA mm-hmm. and all these sorts of things were at the disposal of police and it was a breaking into the home, mm-hmm. which would generally lead to be, you to believe based on the fact there was no robbery of any sort, right? I mean, am I, unless I'm memory, misremembering the facts of the case, that this girl was clearly targeted Which would tell you, boy, that should really limit... The suspects. The suspects, right? It wasn't like a kidnapping and then murder, like, say, an Adam Walsh Mm -hmm. or someone like that. So the pool of people should have been relatively small.
0: Yes, and for many, many years, her parents and her brother were prime suspects. But it's now been revealed that a 1997 DNA test, which was taken shortly after the event, it it showed that the DNA under her fingernails and her clothes was not a match for the members of her family or anyone close to the household. And they had that DNA just weeks after the
1: crime. Yeah, I think the overarching theme of this case is a terrible job done by law enforcement, not only in the actual... Mechanisms by which the case has been investigated, but also the relaying of information. And I think the greatest, and I think it's safe to say that the parents, especially with this new information, I mean, I think it was kind of clear before now, but the, it clears the parents basically, mm-hmm. right? So if indeed, you know, they had this, and the other evidence that has come out over the years that basically exonerated the parents, the fact that they allowed those parents and have allowed those parents for Mm -hmm. 26-plus years now Mm -hmm. to have a cloud of suspicion over their heads, and now the mother has, of course, passed away, but the father, for all these years, and, you know, he's done the talk shows and everything else. Mm -hmm. I mean, you lost a child, and then on top of that, because of incompetent uh, police work... Not only has the case not been solved, but you have gone through the rest of your life with a cloud of suspicion mm-hmm. over your head that you might have been involved in. it. let's face it, if you stop the average person on the street who is not intimately familiar or has not followed the case closely, and you would say of a certain age who remembers it, who do you think did it? There's a fair chance a bunch of people will just say the parents did Yeah. And that's because of law enforcement, the way the case has been investigated.
0: So they're still receiving assistance in this investigation from federal, state, and local partners. Still
1: going on. Remember years ago, what was the guy's name? Was it John Mark Carr or something like that? He was arrested in association with, he was, uh, uh, I'm going to do this here before I, uh, John Mark Carr, was that right? I don't know. Anyway, there was a guy who was, uh, arrested on another charge related to either was either child pornography or child murder or something. And it was believed that he was the suspect that there was just like this, you know, just Oh my gosh, they got the guy. Finally found them. Uh, and then it like, so then the news media rushes to this and then it was like, yeah, this no, it wasn't even. That's not him. Close. I'm going to get this guy's name right.
0: So Boulder police say that they've investigated. John car. Yes. You were right. Yeah. They say that they've investigated tens of thousands of tips over the years. They've interviewed more than 1,000 people across 19 states. So the suspect is still at large, but being revealed through DNA that they have had since 1997 that it was not the parent.
1: Yeah, and it is pretty apparent, and this is the danger. Look, you know, great police officer, detectives, whatever, are just worth infinite money because... It seems here, like from very early on in the case, they were convinced, I'm talking it's Boulder, right? The Mm -hmm. Boulder Police Department Mm -hmm. was convinced, hey, the parents, if they didn't do it, they know who did it, they're involved in some capacity. And they were working from that starting point and trying to prove that Mm -hmm. rather than let's figure out where the evidence takes us. Right. And you know this, Casey, that in a, a, a child abduction or child murder case or anything of, of that nature, the longer something sits, the harder it becomes to prove mm-hmm. who did it, right? You're always yeah. going to get furthest, and especially in a case of child abduction, you have the best chance of getting the child back within the whatever it is, the first six hours or some, something like that. And so, I mean, you just feel terrible for these parents, especially the mother who has now passed away Never, you know, knowing on this earth, at least, living long enough to see her herself exonerated on top of losing a child.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a double whammy. And it's almost like it was a confirmation bias rather than the other way around. Yeah. Like you said, looking at the evidence and then determining what happened. They were trying to determine what happened and then seek out the evidence to go along with that narrative. It is 12 minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And let's talk about what's going on with Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. So Donald Trump, of course, he leads the field of actual potential Republican presidential contenders. And uh, he leads it handedly over Nikki Haley. Uh, Donald Trump, according to a new Reuters poll, is sitting at 43 uh, percent approval rating, whereas Nikki Haley is sitting at 4 percent. But then we've got the other guys in there. Mike Pence has uh, hinted that he may launch a campaign to run for the White House. His rating was at 7 percent. And then you've got Ron DeSantis, who is in second place out of all of the potential candidates, although Ron DeSantis has not officially announced he's running. He's sitting at 31%.
1: And obviously, the matchup, everybody, as we talked about before, everybody else is just wasting time. If your name is not Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump and you're running for president, you are running for president for free television time and to try to score a job at either MSNBC or CNN or Fox News. Or a cabinet
0: level or vice president. Something to go along with the ticket, but not the actual
1: chief. And so Ron DeSantis... Uh, is believed to be gearing up for a presidential run Mm -hmm. I think if he's smart, which he is he's not going to announce it anytime soon because there's no benefit to him announcing for the next certainly four or five months because candidates, Casey almost never live up to the hype. There's been one candidate in my adult life who has lived up to the hype and that was Donald Trump 2016 Donald Trump totally lived up to the hype. Like Given the Jeb Bush the nicknames mm-hmm. and giving out Lindsey Graham's phone number, and you know, hey, this guy's going to be this eccentric maniac that you can't stop watching. And he was yeah. right. Very rarely do candidates live up to the hype. So the longer you can keep the hype in your favor and keep the arrows off of you, mm-hmm. the better off you're going to be. So DeSantis got asked about this the other day at a press conference about when he's going to announce his presidential run. And here's what he had to say.
2: Presidential run today, do you plan on following suit? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> <laughs> Playing
0: very coy Perfect. about it. And you had mentioned uh, it keeps the arrows off of you, and that's just it. The sooner that Ron DeSantis announces, well, that's just more time for someone to attack him or dig up dirt.
1: And the way DeSantis announces is actually really important mm-hmm. because one of the things Republican candidates for president, other than Trump in 2016, and I'm including Trump 2020 in this statement. He, Trump did not do this in 2016, but in but every other candidate since Bush, whether it was McCain, whether it was Romney, whether it was Trump running in 2020, they do not properly execute the blocking and tackling necessary to win a presidential campaign. And a big part of winning and overcoming the mainstream national media and big tech and the creative jelly bean counting and all these things that are stacked against, uh, against whoever the Republican nominee is going to be is executing the blocking and tackling and your rollout and how you present yourself is a huge Mm -hmm. part Mm -hmm. of the blocking and tackling.
0: Well, and like we mentioned yesterday with Nikki Haley announcing, she was just, it seemed very casually making almost a TikTok video as she's walking along the railroad track saying, I'm running for president. And you have to present a certain image that people are going to want to buy into. That's part of the deal.
1: Hey, hey! speaking of, uh, well, let's do this. Okay, speaking of big tech, there's two things I want to get to next segment if that's all right. Sure. One, Joe Rogan had an author named Matthew Tabby on his show, Mm -hmm. and they got into an incredible back and forth about the government and Twitter working together. Right. And then Dianne feinstein Stein. Is going oh, to retire boy. at nine thousand three hundred thirty-three years old. Are
0: you sure? Well, because I think she's confused
1: if she's I, retiring I, I, or not. Chuck Schumer went out and had a press conference and said she's retiring. So, I think they're telling her yeah. she's retiring. But I want to take a moment to remind her by how stupid Diane Feinstein actually is <laughs> and something she did years ago okay. uh, that uh, we should never forget.
0: All right, it's Ken Casey. It's ninety-three WIBC. Who like the hits.
3: Now this is sophisticated.
0: <laughs> Twenty minutes after ten. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Uh, trending right now, a large group of Americans were recently banned from Russia, among them the governor of Kentucky, also the governor of Indiana. Holcomb. Holcomb cannot go to Russia.
1: So weird because you would think Russia would love a dictator-esque personality who (laughs) shuts society down down. you know put a million people out of work you'd think they'd love a big strong man who calls his fellow citizens a human petri dish and you know tries to put you in jail for not Mm -hmm. wearing a mask and you know has pals around with guys who end up going to jail for trying to kill cops in portland i mean holcomb seems like the perfect guy for Vladimir Putin. I don't. I don't understand why they don't like him. Also trending. Also, he loves big taxes. Yes. Well,
0: also trending is. I mean,
1: seriously, would Eric Holcomb not fit perfectly? <laughs> when we just. I mean, let's just lay out Holcomb's. You knew this was gonna happen. You're like. Know. You're like these trending stories will take two seconds, Rob. It'll be fine. Uh-huh. Let's lay out the Holcomb record and let's. Would this not fit perfectly in Russia? I want you to
0: tread lightly, though. Why? Because you're comparing
1: our governor. No, I'm I'm talking about his voting record. I'm saying, would this not fit perfectly into the Russian form of government? You can say check if you think this would fit, okay? Okay. Loves high taxes. Check. No, louder for everyone to hear, no, Casey. You heard me. The people in Illinois couldn't <laughs> hear you, you know, Illinois, <laughs> Ohio and all points in between. Uh-huh. Check. Okay, uh loves high taxes, check. Uh loves big government. Check. Love- louder, Casey. Check. Uh loves big cost of government. Check. Uh loves government control over society check loves government controlling businesses check loves trying to put you in jail if you don't do what he says check uh and pals around with very suspect people who have done really horrible things check okay i've got seven checks right there and that was off the top of my head russia you've made a big mistake you totally want this guy Also trending, DC Comics
0: fans now have their first look at Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn in the upcoming Joker sequel. Now, I'm not going to go off on a tangent like Rob just did, but you know I think Lady Gaga is a complete fraud.
1: I thought you were going to say something else.
0: No. Finally, trending, Zippia has determined Zippia. What is that? Do you remember? It's the website. There's something at the zoo. We've talked about Zippia before. Oh, have we? They help with real estate and oh, jobs and okay. everything. Sure. Do a lot of research. Yeah. They have discovered that Indiana's favorite Valentine's Day candy is Hershey Kisses. Oh. All right, 23 minutes after 10, let's move on and talk about this interview that Joe Rogan had.
1: So he w- had a guy by the name of uh, Matthew Tabia, mm-hmm. and he is an author. He's written for I think he's written books. He's written you know all sorts of publications over the years. He's been around for a very long time, and that doesn't matter. Um, they had an incredible back-and-forth about the brazen nature of how the government colluded with Twitter to silence conservatives. And I'm going to put Kevin in charge of playing this, Kev, because I don't think there's anything that needed bleeped in here. But if it is, you better have your hand on the dump button, because it's Rogan.
2: Yeah, I'll be ready.
1: All right, here we go.
4: It's very bizarre to me that they that they would just openly call for censorship in emails, and these... Private transmissions, but ones that are easily duplicated—you could send them to other people. It could—it can easily get out. Like that, they're so comfortable with the idea that the government should be involved in this censorship of what turns out to be true information. Especially when, in regards to the Hunter Biden laptop, that they would be so comfortable that they would just send it in emails. Yeah, yeah. Well, that I think that shows you the mentality, right? Like that they—they really genuinely felt. That they were impregnable, that they don't have anybody to answer to. Um, I mean, a, a normal person doesn't put incriminating things in emails because we, we all have the expectation that someday it might come come yeah. out, you know. Uh, but these folks didn't act that way. I mean, they. You, you see, I was I was especially shocked by uh, an email from. A staffer for Adam Schiff, the congressperson, the, the California congressman. And they're just outright saying we would like you to suspend the accounts of this journalist and anybody who retweets information about this committee you know i mean this is yeah. this is a Congre- this is a member of congress yeah. right most of these people have legal backgrounds They're, they've, they've got lawyers in the office for sure um and this is the this is the house intelligence committee uh you would think they would have better uh, operational security so you've
0: got a lot of confidence if you're going to put it in writing or because- you don't care Right.
4: You don't care, right?
0: Because if you don't want anybody else to know, don't put it in writing. Right. Don't don't text it. Don't tweet it. Don't email it. Don't mark it down on a piece of paper.
1: It's the arrogance of these people, and they know that if they get caught, mm-hmm. nothing's going to happen to them, and your government does not fear you. Your government does not respect you, and your government will do. I mean, it. look, it's the exact... I mean, this is, it's not to the level of this, but it's that exact same thing that we've been talking about the last couple of days in Brownsburg, mm-hmm. where they just, the superintendent looks parents right in the eye and goes, yeah, the DEI officer didn't work out. It's not coming back. Great, we feel better. And then Rob Kendall gets a document that says mm-hmm. the DEI officer is coming back, but we don't have the courage to tell you that it's the DEI officer. So we're going to come up with a name called Director of Student Learning. where are going to read down into the description to find out what it is. And then we're going to put it on the agenda Friday a Friday dump hoping nobody would see it then they didn't do it because we caught it and then when they get asked about it at the meeting the superintendent tries to act like everybody's being divisive for coming to ask about this when in the reality is he he says it well now everybody's their own mm-hmm. you know it alludes to everybody's their own DEI coordinator now every job in our school corporation has a DEI component to it because why? Because these people never get punished, no matter what they do, whether it's your local governments, the state governments, the, fed- the federal governments, none of them ever get punished. And these people are just brazen about it now. These leftists are totally brazen about it because they don't fear you at all.
0: It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And see, this segment, we ran out of time to talk about Diane Feinstein. Ah, we and have to get to that, though, Casey. We, we will. We're, we're going to get to it. If you hadn't gone off on off the rails about Holcomb, you knew. we would have had time. You so knew- this is on you, Rob
1: Kendall. Casey, you knew when you put Holcomb <laughs> and Russia together in the same sentence you knew what was going to happen.
0: I totally did. Kurt Darley is sitting by. He's got the news for you and your voicemail's on the way from 93 WIBC.
3: I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine.
0: That's the phone number. It is time to hear from you with your voicemails, questions, comments, smart remarks, whatever's on your mind.
1: So yesterday we had our old friend Mike on, as we do every Tuesday, Micah Beckwith. And we had asked him, uh, what are you running for? Are you going to run for Congress or are you going to run for lieutenant governor? I really like the idea of him running for lieutenant governor Mm -hmm. so that he can make whoever the governor is kind of miserable and hold them accountable. I like that. Because a lot of people don't even know you don't have to vote for them in the primary as a ticket, right? The governors voted on a primary, the lieutenant governors voted on a convention, and given the atrocious behavior of the governor the past six years, coupled with a lieutenant governor, Silent Suzanne, mm-hmm. who's now running for governor, she was
0: appointed, right?
1: Uh, yes, Holcomb picked her. Yeah. And then and then he took her off the signs in 2020, and she didn't say anything about that either. You can One thing you can count on with Suzanne Crouch is no matter how much crap you pull or how terrible you treat her or how terrible you treat the state, she will never say a word about it. That is one thing you can count on with silent Suzanne Crouch. But it really has underscored the importance of whoever the governor is having a check and balance on that person. And mm-hmm. I actually really like the idea of Micah potentially saying, I'm going to run separate of the governor mm-hmm. at, for lieutenant governor. Mm-hmm. And there'll be a lot of areas maybe we agree on, but at least there will be someone in a position of power who can hold whoever the governor is accountable. And if whoever the governor is is actually worth a damn, they should want that and embrace that.
0: So Micah would have to run in a primary We then Run a that. convention.
1: Okay. Like, uh, you know, Diego, Diego. did or okay. Rokita or whoever. The senator and... Governor, statewide offices are voted on in a primary if you get on the ballot, because, of course, only the rich and powerful and connected can get the signatures, unless, of course, you're Todd Young, who didn't get the signatures and then he got on the ballot anyway. But uh, everything else, statewide offices, treasurer, et cetera, voted on at convention. So we're going to put it in the hands of the delegates. Do you want to check and balance on whoever this governor is? Because we all know none of these people can actually be trusted. Or do you want to just let the hand-picked person of whoever the governor is just be a, another silent Suzanne and do nothing? I kind of like that. Somebody called in uh, with their thoughts.
2: All right. Well, people are probably burned out by Balloon Gate. So let's talk about Mike uh, since it's Rob's good buddy, and I'm sure it will get to him. Washington's pretty much a lost cause. And even people who have gone to Washington uh, with every good intent once they got there, they realize that they're one of many and they can't do anything. So I think Micah's best ability to serve the people of Indiana would be his lieutenant governor. Heck, I think it would actually be his governor. But uh, uh, obviously, he probably can't outspend Mike Braun in that arena. So uh, let's make a push for Micah for lieutenant governor of Indiana.
0: Okay, so he has to go to the convention then and win over all those delegates. Yes,
1: that's correct. Okay. But it'd be great show content for us, regardless, whether mm-hmm. he wins or loses. Well, and, you know, that's he, why we're here. He
0: said that he would announce it here on this show. Yes, absolutely. We're going to hold him to that. And why wouldn't you? And I asked him who he would want to work with the most. Yeah. He, he didn't answer that. He well, didn't. He, he just said, whoever it is, I, I want to hold them accountable. Yeah,
1: and I think that should be the goal. Yeah. I mean, look, look, Suzanne Crouch has proven that when you have a big government maniac who hates you as a free person and taxpayer, like Eric Holcomb has proven the past six years, think about if you had an actual freedom and liberty person in that position the past six years and how different our state might look if you had someone with a voice who was willing to use it on taxes or on uh, the lockdowns Or can you imagine Micah if he had, if Micah had been there instead of Suzanne when Holcomb had the Malik Muhammad VIP meet and greet? Mm. I mean, just, so I think that's an incredibly enthralling idea and I, I like it. Have you I'm heard, on board.
0: Have you heard, I know you had your, your own meet and greet with Eric
1: Doden, yes. who's running for governor. Yes. He's one of the three. He's enacted none of my ideas so far.
0: I, that's what I was going to ask you. You gave him some advice no, and said, try doing these things. And I, I was told curious.
1: You, I told you that it would likely be ignored in the order in which it is received. Mm-hmm. And that's because Doden has certain people who are affiliated with Todd Young running his campaign. And I I'm not going to get into the details of what we talked about because it was an off-the-record conversation, Mm -hmm. but I came on here and said I gave him the blueprint to be governor, and if I had very little faith, he would choose to take it. Thus far, none of the ideas I gave him, which would resonate with every single person in this state, have been enacted or proposed or anything as part of the campaign, and everybody is their own free man and can choose to get zero percent of the vote or they can choose to win it's okay so them.
0: we haven't seen any polling and it's it's still a ways off but right now we've got Doden Crouch and Mike braun and
1: then there's a new person who Mike I mentioned yesterday who's running who I still haven't seen anything about yet
0: okay so four people yeah we maybe
1: we... well maybe we don't know because again the Republicans in Indiana along with the Democrats I mean they're in c- cahoots together on this have rigged the system. So unless you are an infinitely wealthy person like Mike Braun, Mm -hmm. or you are a silent yes stooge like Suzanne Crouch, or you're a little you're you're a wealthy person with business connections like Eric Doden, Mm -hmm. it's very hard, if not impossible, to get on the ballot because of the cost required to have a staff to go get those signatures necessary to run for public office. So this fourth person, she may be uh, we'll have to find out. Well intended, super conservative, whatever, Mm -hmm. but unless she's prepared to raise million dollars or more she's gonna have a hard time getting on the ballot
0: so we have to assume at this point that mike braun
1: is is gonna be the lead. i would be floored if mike braun is not the republican nominee for governor yeah i would be floored okay. um and i told you i want to like braun because he's done a pretty nice job as a senator but the votes braun took and by the way if you're well i guess yeah, if you're silent Suzanne and you're not crushed, the problem is Suzanne supported all the stuff with Holcomb, so she can't really do that. The votes Braun took in the Indiana General Assembly voting for all those tax increases under Holcomb, including the gas tax, I just, if you're that either gullible or stupid or weak, how can I support that?
0: Hmm. Well, that was a while ago, too. I mean, he's changed, right?
1: Has he? <laughs> Has he? He's changed. Thanks, Mom. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, uh-huh. All right. Uh, more calls. Uh, Tom from Brazil, big fan of the show, called in about the balloon.
2: Hello, Mr. Rob and Miss Casey. Sure enjoy your show. Uh, learned a lot from it. I'm on the very edge of the listing area. And uh, down here in Brazil, my name's Tom. And I just want to tell you, I usually don't get to hear you except on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, because I drive for a company, and I'm usually up in the Indianapolis area. I heard a little bit of your show today talking about the balloons, and I'd like to know why no reporter is asking the administration why we're using a $20 million aircraft and firing half a million dollar missiles to bring these things down. It's not like we're in a dogfight fight with them. It's not like we need speed. They're balloons. How come we're not using a little Cessna with with a some kind of gun, machine gun, cheap machine gun mounted to it, and just come up, shoot through the, uh, the balloon, and let it float down? We could recover the whole thing that way. And... Uh, that way, maybe we can find out what it is instead of blowing the whole
1: daggone thing up. Well, I think Tom's estimates on costs are a little off. I think the planes are a lot more expensive than what he cited. I think the missiles are a lot more expensive than what he cited. But I've the, heard I've heard half a million for the missiles. There's A single missile is only a half a million dollars? Yep,
0: I've heard, I've heard that. So well, I, they
1: must have been built before I Biden the, became president. I don't
0: know about the plane, but anyway, go ahead. Well,
1: regardless, the premise of his phone call, I think, is... Uh, something that a lot of people have concern with is mm-hmm. The amount of money we're spending to take these things down But then yet we also seem to claim Well we have no idea what's in them We can't retrieve them We mm-hmm. can't this, we can't that And the answer to it probably is because it's not their money So what do they care?
0: Yeah, well I mean and it's When you think about it in the big scheme of things How much money we're sending over to Ukraine Yeah. It's really it's not a lot comparatively. Yeah, Comparatively uh,
1: Alright, somebody called in and had to raise a good point about property taxes
2: Hi, my name's Sharon, and I'm 75 years old, and I've paid into property taxes for over 50 years. Never had a kid in school. Do I get all that money back or
0: not? I doubt it. Love your show. Love you both. Thanks. Bye.
1: Yeah, that's part of the big scam lie on property taxes the Republicans are using now when they talk about the government services, right? And Sharon probably used police and fire and many of those, (laughs) but why do you pay... Like I'm getting ready to have a, a kid hopefully here in the next five, six years, whatever it is, enter the public education system.
0: <laughs> that's that's a warning, Brownsburg School. But system. uh uh
1: I I mean I have paid, I've been an adult for How long have I been an adult for now? 21 years or whatever. I've paid that entire time. Mm -hmm. People like my dad have paid property taxes much longer than I've been out of school than in it. Mm -hmm. Why are you forced to pay? I mean, I understand the argument, police, fire, water, sewer, roads, whatever, Mm -hmm. because everybody uses it. But why are you forced to pay for something that you don't use? She's talking about schooling. Well, Aren't you
0: contributing to a better society?
1: Really? You think kids are coming out of the public education system, Casey? Uh, contributing to a better society? Some of them are. Uh-huh. Right. That uh, depends on the parents. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Bingo, right there. That's the answer to everything. It depends on the parents. Yeah. Everything is not about the school. It's mm-hmm. about the parents. Yeah. Uh, real quick, before we go, I wanted to get this The crazy guy called back. Oh, boy. And I'm... He's my new Gert. <laughs> we love you, Gert, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, I love the eccentric folk, uh, Casey.
0: You know what? there's a bit of a debate last night at my house. Uh-huh. He called yesterday, and he said very complimentary things. And uh, did he call me a radio cougar or a radio guru? He said guru. Guru? Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought he said, too.
1: So this guy has been calling the last <laughs> several days, and uh, I'm sure I'll get bored with him very soon. But for the meantime, I'm totally enthralled with this guy, and I control the uh, voicemails. Sure. So uh, here's more from the crazy guy. Okay. I was thinking.
4: Bruce Springsteen Yeah, here we go again It's not that I don't like him as a person I do like him as a person He's just so boring I feel like What he get like $500 million For his music That should be put into a fund Where Every time I hear A Springsteen song A Beatles song Or an Elvis song I get financially reimbursed <laughs> for that three or four minutes of my life. That's where that money should go. Right? Seems
0: normal. So he even called out the Beatles. And too. Elvis. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently he's in the same camp as you.
1: Three of the highest selling artist of all time, and that's where he's putting his line in the sand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope he calls back tomorrow. Keep it coming. Yeah, I'm waiting. I'm starting to get kind of bored with him, but I'm not totally bored with him yet. So <laughs> maybe he, maybe he, one he, more he still day. Have- Yesterday's call was
3: really good. Yeah. He might have to step up his game a little bit, like but the, I like it.
1: It's like the Ernest movies, right? Like, there was a shelf life to those. Ernest Goes to Camp was great. Ernest Saves Christmas was great. Mm-hmm. Even Ernest Goes to Jail was pretty good. Were they? And, and then by the time it was Ernest Saves Halloween or Ernest Scared Stupid or whatever that was called. the shark. It had run its course. So this guy, you are Ernest. You are at Ernest. You're teetering, Ernest, dude. Yeah, you're at Ernest Goes to Jail, so better make it count.
0: It's Kettle and Casey on 93 WIBC and Hammer's joining us next. It's in front of 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And Hammer joins us in the studio.
1: Ah, Casey, you know, one thing you can always count on with Indiana Republicans is that they will cave to the angry red-shirted teacher every single time. What happened? Well, I'm going to read you the uh, headline here from the Indiana Capitol Chronicle, and then uh, maybe just the... uh, Just the opening sentence or two of the article, and then I'll let you guys weigh in. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. Here's the headline. Indiana education advocates reignite fight against latest anti-CRT bill. And then our friend uh, Nikki Kelly over at the Indiana Capital Chronicle Mm -hmm. had an update saying that the bill, which was scheduled for a hearing today, has uh, has been pulled. And here is the uh, article about the bill, which has been pulled. Indiana teachers and education advocates—now they really should call them angry red-shirted teachers. Angry red-shirted teachers. That would just take up much less space (laughs) and use much less ink. Uh, (laughs) Admonished state lawmakers Tuesday for reviving multiple divisive culture war bills, including one that seeks to ban critical race theory from being taught in classrooms. So the Republicans in Indiana have once again caved on critical race theory because the angry red-shirted teachers came and yelled at them.
3: Now... It'd be easy to say this is just a Holcomb situation, because I heard you guys talking about your good friend and your Euchre partner, Governor Holcomb, (laughs) just a few minutes ago. But this is not just one man. This is the General Assembly getting together as a whole and saying, you know what, we're going to get rid of this bill that would outlaw critical race theory. Because teachers are mad and they're wearing red shirts. That's Mm -hmm. what this is. And that's disappointing. And how about those
0: teachers and how disappointed would they be if uh, Tom Massey gets his way? He introduced a bill to terminate the entire Department of Education.
3: (laughs) Yeah, Massey is one of the few guys that actually has it together at a national level. Mm -hmm. Bringing it back local here, though, what are these guys afraid of? Like It's hard to believe that a state like Florida and a state like Indiana, who both have Republican governors, who are, for the most part now, pretty safe red states, can be so different and so far apart. So, Rob, you know these people better than anybody. There's nobody more connected to what actually happens inside this joint than you. What's going on? Because the problem
1: is, and we talk about this every day on this show, conservatives will roll over and vote for these people no matter what because they have made it very clear they are completely petrified of Democrats. You know who's not gonna roll over for them under any circumstances? Are the angry red-shirted teachers. And so if you have people down there barking at you and yelling and screaming and wearing the shirts and chanting and cheering and everything else, and nothing you do is gonna make those people happy, but you know no matter what you do, these people are too cowardly to vote against you, well, you're gonna placate to the lunatics. Because the lunatics keep showing up.
3: Now, to be fair, even if they did pass this anti-CRT bill, you guys know as well as I do, and I got two kids in high school right now, these schools would still find a way to teach it and Mm -hmm. put it in the programs mm-hmm. because they would just call it something else or they would just flat out lie. What's it, yeah, this is a history class. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, we're going to talk about your white privilege today.
1: Well, it's the exact thing we just caught him doing in Brownsburg. Right. Where, uh, yeah, the DEI coordinator, it's not coming back. It didn't work out. Instead, and Instead, it's the director of student learning. And now you got to read the job description to find mm-hmm. out what it is. And then when they get called on their bull crap, instead of raising their hand and going, OK, you guys caught us. Yeah, we were trying to. The superintendent comes up with some lame ass excuse like, well, every job has a component of DEI to it and these people are just being divisive in the community that are calling us out on this
3: you're so right when you think about it this way if the roles were reversed Would that group work with you? Exactly. And the answer is a resounding hell no, they wouldn't. Mm -hmm. But so many people are wishy-washy in this state, and they're afraid to have these tough conversations. They're afraid to look at the super woke white woman in the face with the red T-shirt on and go, Yeah, we're not going to teach our kids that because you're white, you're a bad person. They're afraid to do that. That's ridiculous. Hey, what's coming up this afternoon? We got some Jason Aldean oh, tickets to give away. Awesome. Yesterday, we played a round of Jason Aldean or Jason Hammer. We may bring that back today. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks, Hammer. It's Kendall and
0: Casey on 93 WIBC. Get
2: up and it looks like they found
0: me.